Hello, everybody. It's, my name is Hassan Hayo. I'm the host of the podcast, The B2B Way. Uh, today, we have a very special guest, Carter Dewey. Hopefully, I'm not butchering his name. Uh, he'll let me know. Um, Carter is the vice president. Uh, he's the vice president of sales and marketing at Data Remote, a leading solution provider of IoT technology. Carter, his previous experience includes 12 years with AT&T. Carter's team was responsible with AT&T's entire portfolio of products and services. Carter's experience expanded with multiple director roles across software, solution, and design engineer manufacturing companies. He worked in a lot of places, one of them being Minneapolis. Kind of, we talked about that. And, uh, but now, obviously, he's upgraded and works in uh, Miami, Florida with Data Remote. So, Carter, thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute privilege. It's great to be here. You know, especially this time of year, we're talking to my uh, 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 former, my, you know, Minnesota guy. Now I'm in Miami. It's nice to rub it in a little bit, but <laughs> you've got great summers. Right? So, I mean, yeah, um, I mean, a little hot. is it humid in Florida? Because, you know, Minneapolis is humid in the summers. It is. And you've got mosquitoes just like we have. So right now, this time of year, it's great. It's like 70, 75 for the next, you know, three more months. It's been this temperature for about three months. So it's great to die for. That's to die for. Um, actually, let's talk about that. Kind of, you know, start from the top, Carter. Why sales and marketing? Kind of where's your journey started? Kind of give us kind of the 101. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be great. Actually, uh, when I was younger, uh, you know, I was one of these little kids that liked to talk to everybody. So my parents said, you know, don't worry about <laughs> too much. You're going to go into sales and you're going to do just great. And I listened to them. So uh, I, I went to school, Missouri State University uh, out of Springfield, Missouri. And right out of school, uh, you know, I, man, I, my job was to get a job. So I was waking up every morning at 6 a.m., uh, putting out uh, resumes, you know, filling out job applications. And I was trying to bang out two or three interviews a day. And that following evening, I'd get home and I'd write thank you notes, put them in the mail, jump in the mail. Next day, you know, same routine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I looked at selling pumps to pool equipment to, you know, uh, multi-level marketing strategies, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And then I went to a handful of job fairs and I got good advice from uh, when I was in line because I was starting with an entry level position. And I hit it off with this other recruiter and she said, you know what, you should go over there with the five years experience plus and just what can you, what do you have to lose? See if you can get a job there. And uh, one of my interviews was with AT&T and I interviewed with them. I, I think they were a little, they, they were a little hesitant because I was young right out of college. But after about five interviews, they gave me a shot with an inter interview with one of the VPs and uh, I got, I got hired right out of college. AT&T is an account uh, executive, you know, just yes, going door to door, cold calling, banging on the phones. And those are like you know, the foundation. Those are the good days. Yeah. yeah. And then how did you, how did you, okay, tell us a story about how did you go, go all the way to data remote? Kind of what's the journey? Well, about? you know, so I tell you where I made my quantum leap uh, from in AT&T was uh, I was hitting my numbers in the top 10 most of the time, but there was a company, Meeks Lumber, and uh, they, they were a, a big account in the Midwest. And I just uh, won a deal from old Blackberries with Tamco Roofing. Yeah. The vice president of Tamco referred me to Charlie Meeks, the owner of the company, and Sure enough, Charlie booked me with the right people where I did like four months of uh, interviewing and understanding and getting to learn their business to a point where I was ready to present and, and go over all the things I've learned and where we had common ground, where I thought AT&T could help. Sure enough, Don Goodlow, who's a vice president at AT&T, calls me up the night before my meeting and says, hey, I'm in town. I know it's last minute, but do you happen to have a meeting I could join you? I said, wow. Don, I do. And I didn't <laughs> let on that it's a big one. Yeah. So sure enough, we walk into the board. 
And uh, it's a real nice executive boardroom. There's Charlie, board members, vice presidents. Good load. The look on his face. He, I acted as if this was meetings I had every day. <laughs> you know, no big deal. Sure enough, after two hours of deliberation, talking about it, the Blackberries were a done deal. We're going to take those. And I said, but Charlie, you know, I've spent four months working with your people. And I think, you know, AT&T could do a lot more than just your Blackberry business. I think there's a lot of green space and a lot of overlay here in our territories, in our, our cultures and the way we do business. I'd like the permission to move on all your business. Wow. And the whole room went quiet. And Charlie said, you know what? Let's do it. Wow. It a big contract. From there, I got promoted into management and uh, moved around a lot, got into corporate markets. And then I uh, saw, so I'm getting around to your question. Yeah. Uh, I worked then in the enterprise space as a, I was a signature client director and I worked with uh, like Hertz, ConocoPhillips, um, Tyson Foods. And wow. with that, the partner ecosystem is very interested in having conversations and, and where it makes sense, you kind of bring them in. And so for each of those accounts, there's a couple opportunities or IoT type initiatives, machine to machine initiatives where I was able to bring partners in. And by doing that, I learned the product sets very well. We did uh, with ConocoPhillips, a, a huge deployment for natural gas wellheads, like 30,000 Hertz. We did, you know, I was working with senior leadership guys like Rob Moore, the CTO, um, we did the Never Lost with 150,000 activations, Connect by Hertz. So there's some really, matter of fact, the 2009 AT&T annual report showcases one of the deals I did with Hertz. And wow. so with that, it kind of launched me into a lot of the uh, analyst shows and got a lot of great visibility. And uh, from there, I, I, was, I was recruited out of AT&T by a company, Zergo Technologies, good engineer, design engineer, uh, manufacturer. I worked for them for three and a half or so years. And then Data Remote, uh, uh, Robert Moses, who's the CEO, he and I worked together when his company was bought by Calamp. He supported the accounts I were, and we built a friendship and a respect for each other. And he came and said, hey, listen, I've got a great gig for you. And uh, yeah. I took the job, and I got moved to Miami, Florida. Yeah. Who would say no to that, right? <laughs> uh, depending on the, the type of person, some people <laughs> might say <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, okay. So that's how you got into data remote. Um, can you kind of give us kind of an overlay of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis in data remote? Yeah, I'm responsible for the marketing and sales and each has its own, depending on the day, right? If I've got a different focus and what's going on with our customer base and our markets and projects we have in the shoot. Right now, I'm more focused on branding. We've got a couple massive new opportunities that are in our pipeline that you know, we're, we're, that are in engineering, where it's more of a focus on not bringing in the new business, but building the foundation for, um, you know, the next six to nine months. Because right now we've got quite a bit in the shoot that when it gets out to the market, it's going to be very exciting. So when okay. it comes to sales, uh, I try to have like a, a, a three-tier approach. One, I do, a, I do a lot of social media. Since, ever since LinkedIn's been around and I encourage anybody to anybody you ever meet, uh, you know, get get them on the, the app. There's a number of ways in the app itself that you can connect uh, mm -hmm. as you're talking to people. Simply get connected. Uh, anytime you present, you know, even right now, guys, look me up on LinkedIn. I've got almost 22,000 legit telecom Huge. followers. Huge. And so I try to bring content that's uh, relevant, meaningful, and actionable on mm -hmm. LinkedIn, right? Because I know it's the audience and a lot of people I talk to and I get a lot of engagement there. Also, I'll focus on certain verticals. I'll look for like one of our products is called Pots in a Box. It, uh, it's very relevant and there's a lot of uh, real great value for uh, the retail vertical. So I'll focus on anybody that's director of you know, vertical sales in different telecoms. AT&T, for example, they're a great partner. So 
And then I'll call those individuals and, and just bring up a conversation, explain who I am, talk about the product. Hey, can I, I'd like to spread the word about this. Or can I join a team call, especially mm -hmm. if it's somebody that makes sense. And then by doing that, and then I'll have my people do the same thing where we're just getting the word out about the technology, yeah. the brand in meaningful areas where we know it's important to these, these partners of companies like this. And then there's the yeah. direct approach where we're picking up the phones, calling uh, to, to, you know, day-to-day -day cold calling sales into, into sure. companies talking about the technology to, to then bring a lead to one of our carrier partners. Okay. So from, from what I'm getting is, uh, do you have like a half, half, half approach of one being through partnerships, the kind of selling through partnerships and then half through direct. And can you kind of tell us more about partnership selling and kind of what kind of what the relationships you have with your partners? Yeah, it's very few that we take direct as customers. We typically okay. always try to push deals oh, okay. to partners. Okay. Uh, there are those specific opportunities or the customers that just make sense. Uh, for example, we're here in Miami, Miami-Dade County, fourth largest county uh, in, in, in the United States. They're one of our direct clients and we okay. service them on a number of different IoT solutions. Okay. Um, one of them being solar beam, which is a perimeter infrared, um, self-powered, uh, mm -hmm. security, uh, appliance. We also do all their fleet and asset tracking for the city, uh, okay. upwards of 5,000 vehicles. So that, that's one example in a very rare instance that we, we go direct. Yeah. Um, then for our, for channel, we've got, we're, we pretty much have three different product sets. They're almost okay. different separate business units. One, yeah. we're a master distributor for CalAMP. So we resell that hardware IoT platform okay. in which they, they have run the gamut of, you know, just very simple uh, slap and track to more complex in, in, industrial end-to-end um, -end type machine, hard, industrial, I guess, environmental type equipment that does narrowband and or uh, private radio. Okay. Uh, so we sell just hardware. Then we also sell software app appliances or software platforms that support that equipment okay. and other equipment in the market. And then third, we're also a manufacturer. We manufacture LT routers uh, okay. and we also manufacture a product called Pots in a Box, which kind of folds right into the LT routers, which is a, okay. a PSTI, a, a public switch telephone network, POTS line, plain old telephone line yeah. replacement. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, now, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to those, you know, th those products and solutions, how do you, how do you kind of, and because I know you have, you have three tiers in terms of, in terms of sales. I know you're, you know, you're kind of juggling marketing and sales, which is, which is not an easy feat. How does content kind of tie into that? And kind of, what do you see, what do you view like content to your organization? Well, it's massive. And that's where, you know, I go back to it being uh, meaningful and relevant and then actionable, mm -hmm. uh, especially when I'm trying to zero in because some of the content is meant just to spark interest, this one idea. And then, and then there's the more technical marketing in which, you know, I've got your attention. Now here, I'm going to fill in some of the details that are important to you and why it's important to you and why even more so it's important to your customers, vendors, and partners. Okay. When it, when it comes to, okay, so just for the audience to kind of understand, when it comes to partnerships, kind of what is your style? Are you guys co-marketing? Are you just, is it, is it embedded? What kind of, what kind of partnership kind of, when it comes to like the style, the economic model style, what are you guys doing? So we do, a, we touch on just about a little bit of everything. Uh, we, okay. we are partnered with, you know, uh, companies like AT&T and AT&T is their own okay. marketing machine, right? Yeah. So yeah, course, yeah. what we do there is we're more of a support vehicle. Okay. Uh, we're the technology experts that that come on a call and help round out uh, the, the te technical components of, you know, a design or any particular solution. Uh, in addition, you know, we do a lot of just grassroots. 
where it's uh, the conversations we have that my team working with other teams and proliferating. We do, a, you know, I love doing these WebEx or, uh, you know, unified communications presentations where we're using video, video conferencing, showing the product. Uh, and so, so it's a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, that's great. Um, so next question I have for you is, when it comes to content, you know, and kind of this is kind of the, the meat of the conversation and kind of I want to know your mindset and your approach. Where do you see where do you see kind of the world of content going in in the IoT tech space? Kind of where do you see it and what do you feel like is important in, in creating a differentiator in terms of, in terms of content? That, that is such a difficult question, right? Because the <laughs> world is going towards like TikTok, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to be TikTok famous. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if I could yeah. sell this box right here in, in 15 seconds in a TikTok video, I would. But that's yeah, yeah. very challenging. So, so then, uh, again, it's it, it's it's a layered approach. One is just getting simple imagery, I think so often conveys a lot. Um, like for our product, uh, the FCC for the POTS line, PSD and POTS line replacement, the FCC uh, just did forbearance, which is the path to deregulating um, the. 1996 Telecommunications Act, which put yeah. price caps and you know, made the the LEX, the local exchange carriers, maintain those last mile TD, TDM copper services. Yeah. Well, all that government regulation is going to go away. And so, what a lot of consultants are saying is that um, that that's that's going to bring the end finally of that that legacy that network that's been around since the yeah. 1800s. So a, a lot of what I do is just informing, right? This is important. And then why that's important? Well, a lot of facilities, a lot of this is why retail is such a big space, is a lot of retailers still have a lot of analog interface equipment. It could be HVAC systems, could be point of sales, ATM, um, HVAC, lighting controls, fire and burg panels, alarm panels, fax machines, old, old school machine to machine. I joke with my Anybody in my family, it's like anything that makes the squeaky noises, right? <laughs> Old analog communication. That infrastructure is very expensive. And to yeah. rip and replace out of, you know, 50, 100, 1,000 locations and replace it all could be um, tens of, if not, you know, more millions of dollars. Yeah. Or you take one of our little boxes, we actually, at the edge, fool your, your uh, equipment to think it's still on the PSTN, yeah. but yet yeah. it's transmitting IP. Yeah. See, voice is easy. Everybody's already converted. Most companies have moved off analog voice to an IP cloud-hosted voice type solution. Exactly. What's very difficult, what we solve for, is those appliances that I just named prior. You think of a fire panel in a, in a facility. Uh, it's not always just the little panel. It's also you know all the sensors and ducts, maybe even a sprinkler system. Yeah. Or to rip and replace that and move it to IP, you know, you're shutting, you're pulling permits, you're shutting down the, the, sto the store for a period of time. Um, and it's very costly. So as you can see, you know, you're dealing with complex solutions and you're trying to simplify it. So a lot of a lot of your approach is, is educational, I'm assuming. Right. Correct. It's, a, it's yes. a lot of it's a lot of educating. Now, from from a sales and marketing person, when it comes to kind of the buyer, do you feel like there's because we know the buyers are trying to become more informed. Right. Buyers are more informed. Yeah. What do you what do you, what do you guys in uh, data remote are trying to do to try to maybe give a personal experience? What do you kind of what do you guys feel like is the kind of the experience expected from your from your prospects, what do they expect? Well, that, that's, what, that's really why the social platform and even the targeted yeah. marketing makes a lot of sense because you yeah. can tailor your message. Because a, a CFO wants yeah. to discuss something very different than a CIO compared to the service manager, right? Yeah. So the, yeah. this the CFO, you're going to talk about financials. You're going to talk about you know with the pots in a box solution, for example. It's yeah. one 
one bill, all 50 states, one rate, where historically he's been dealing with multiple carriers, multiple rates, uh, and variable rates. And, yeah. you know, and it's, it's so we bring a lot of operational efficiencies. And then for, you know, the CIO, it's going to be talk about, you know, manageability, uh, deployment, uh, the yeah. services that you wrap around with, how this is a holistic vision to moving to IP with the future yeah. of the company and the future of all networks. And yeah. a service guy, he wants to know the tools and the reliability. So depending yeah. on who were the audience we're talking to, you're mm. going to change that message. And what's great about social platforms today is that it allows you to do, you know, you okay. could kind of hone in on what audience and what message you want to deliver to that audience. Yeah, th that's a hundred percent true. You know, as you kind of spoke about kind of some of these key personas and these decision makers all had all need a different perspective of data remote, which is important. Now, you know, being able to do this, I'm assuming, you know, being the, the VP of sales and marketing, do you feel like sales and marketing really have to be aligned and, you, you know, to kind of give that experience where you're telling the CFO the right thing and then you're telling the CMO the right thing and how do you guys keep track of all this and it's kind of this complex world and how does content kind of help you guys really, how do you manage content in a way that you're giving each key persona the right type of content so you can kind of bring them down this pipeline? Yeah, you know, you know, sometimes it's a cart that, that pulls the horse, you know, you, <laughs> uh, you, you fall into something and you realize, hey, this is a, uh, a department um, that you realize that sees a lot of value in our product that did, we didn't even realize it had. Like, for instance, our product gives a lot of visibility to the alarm panel timer tests. Yeah. So it turns out that's very important to, you know, the, the real estate group and the property uh, yeah. managers and the asset guys and asset protection. And mm -hmm. so then all of a sudden, the sales guy who got in front of this group, well, you mean I have visibility to those timer tests coming once yeah. a day and I can hold the monitoring? Well, yeah, that's true. So you go back to the marketing company and be like, hey, I found a new value add. Let's yeah. leverage this a little. And so yeah. then marketing will kind of wrap around a, a couple slides in a PDF, maybe one or two you know, PNG files for LinkedIn. And then the sales goes back out and finds titles in, in customers or uh, educates our partners, hey, Try to find somebody in asset protection because yeah. they're interested in this product for this reason. And then yeah. you give them those marketing materials behind it. At the same time, you're posting them on social. and you're, So people are seeing them from, from all different angles. Okay. So the, the, the big question is, Carter, how are you doing all this? You know, how, how are you managing all this? You know, kind of what's kind of your advice to kind of have this all going on at the same time? And what are the ways that you organize yourself so you know, you know what's going on at each department? And kind of, you know, it's, tell us kind of your journey. And how you, how you get that done? You know, to, to be successful in sales, you, you almost have to start with the marketing and the storyline that you want to go forward with. And so it's creating that first couple, three, four, five, six slides on your company, right? If it's day one in your job, when you got to put your, you know, 30, 60, 90 day plan out. And within that first 30 days, you should have your elevator pitch and your six slide deck of who you are, who your company is and why you're there to talk to somebody, right? I like yeah. to start any meeting with like, uh, this is the goal of the meeting. This is why we're here. And this is what we're going to do to attain that goal. Okay. And so you kind of line that out. And then, and then as you go, you put together your battle plan that first 30 days, then you take it to the field. You see how well it's received. You see what feedback you get or additional questions or what additional values you're finding that your product has that you might not have thought of, or you just didn't include it in the deck. And then you continually refine that particular, you know, one piece of marketing material. Then you expand it. And then you're going to find that different verticals or different lines of business find different have different value adds or different perspectives. And so you, then you start tailoring that that one marketing material. Then you've multiple. And then all of a sudden you find yourself with this large library of content 
all at the same time. I really like those firms that the lead generation, if you know who your ta target audience is, yeah. uh, your, your time is not well spent trying to find a meeting. It's getting yeah. on that meeting and deliver and understanding a customer's requirements, uh, where their, their pain points are, and then delivering a solution. Okay. So, you know, getting either somebody at, you know, an hourly rate, um, minimum wage or a little bit above, right? Get somebody that could work the phones, get some meetings set by delivering a short value pop and getting you on a call and then you deliver those materials. Okay. And then as you start becoming successful doing that, you expand the team. Okay. You know, I, I one time had a meeting with the, uh, it was a AT&T, uh, it wasn't collaborating. It was one of their newer telepresence. Yeah. And it was with the C, the former CIO of Kodak. Okay. You know, they've wow. since gone out of business. But the CIO said that in his first staff meeting, the clock in the in the conference like six minutes fast. So everybody yeah. showed up and everybody, when they came in the room, they all looked at their watches and then they all looked at their phones. And then 10 people all agreed the uh, the clock on the wall is wrong. It's a little fast. Yeah. And so this proceeded to happen the following day and the following day. And then like the third, it's like Thursday, they're looking at each other like, who fits the, uh, who, who, where's the clock department? Who do we call? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh, on Friday, they all came in and the, one of the ladies, she grabbed the chair, moved it, stood up on the chair and, and fixed the clock. She, she, he said, uh, she went on to become his chief of staff, but he said, you know what? All day long, I have people coming and pointing out problems. You think I didn't know that that clock was wrong? Yeah. What he means is people coming into the room with, with a solution, right? And so, uh, Wow, that's a great story. Yeah, I thought it was as well. I mean, do you have, is that the kind of the mindset you have with your salespeople? I do. Yeah. Okay. Even coming to me, I don't want, I don't like people coming to me with problems. Yeah. I want you to come with one or two ideas how it's fixed. Okay. Don't come to me with no ideas. <laughs> it's just a problem. <laughs> okay, so that's actually a good topic. Okay, so talking about the topics of coming up with students, we know that the IoT tech space is kind of, you know, a new world. So, and the same way sales and marketing, the world is evolving, right? What do you feel like are kind of the nuances, are the new things that you're starting to have to adapt to when it comes to sales and marketing in this world of the internet? Uh, it's having a big filter. There, it's just, there's a lot of nonsense out there, a lot of people that really don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And you gotta filter through all the noise to really get to, to where the value lies. And and uh, there, you look at anybody in the carrier space, everybody's a director, like some the IOT solution provider, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it, it's, there's, there's a huge amount of opportunity out there. It's just drilling in and getting, you know, filtering out science projects, just good ideas and understanding, you know, that any real opportunity is going to have two things, at least one of these two things. Uh, one, there's going to be money, there's a budget. And yeah. then two, there's an ex executive support. If you have those two things, and obviously a real business need, a challenge that's identifiable, then yeah. you've got a deal. Without either of those two things, somebody's just spinning your wheels and wasting your time. That's true. You really got to almost be vigilant in, in qualifying a deal. In my opinion, most deals are lost in that very first step in the sales stage, qualification. Yeah. If you don't qualify and you don't confirm that you know there, 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 there's money and that there's an executive that supports the project, you know, you might be spinning your wheels. If you have those two pieces of information, uh, it, it, there's a good chance you're on something. Okay. You know, so that process, you know, I kind of, I wanted to make the podcast a little bit more uh, talking about sales enablement when it comes to content, because this relationship between sales and marketing has, has been going on for years and years and years. You know, and some people say, you know, it's been a hard relationship, you know, sales says, well, they don't need marketing or they, they have a tough time understanding marketing, but when it comes when it comes to sales and you know the social media, I don't know if it's direct or if it's partnership. 
how does how does how can marketing making content or, or or helping them in ways through content enable sales? So how how do you see from it could be from creating a script for on a on an email letter or a newsletter or or anything? How do you see sales starting to have a relationship with marketing in terms of content? Well, it, it's kind of like sales is uh, James Bond and, <laughs> and marketing is the guy. What's the little guy that makes all the the, the, the gizmos that James Bond uses? Yeah, I, I forgot it. Whatever his name is. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. <laughs> you got to have both. Really, I mean, it's like you look at some of the bigger brands out there. They did that through marketing. You know, the yeah. AT&T and Verizon logo. The world. You call up a company, you send with Verizon. 90% of the time, you're going to get a meeting. Yeah. They're going to let you in the door. Yeah, that's true. You call up and you say, I'm with ABC company that they've never heard. You're getting screened. It's good. It's an uphill battle to get that meeting. So really marketing is there as air support to the guys on the ground who are the sales guys. Sales guys are the guys that are actually in battle. Marketing guys are, are the guys giving them the ammunition, the backup support, the air cover that they need. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I've interrogated you enough, you know, we try to get as much value as possible. Towards the ending, we do have some some kind of rapid fire questions we want to ask you. You know, right. nothing to do with to do with business. Favorite book? <laughs> Hope for the butterflies. For the butterflies. Okay. What's your favorite pizza topping? Mushrooms. Mushrooms. Okay. Two celebrities you can have dinner with, dead or alive. Who is it? Einstein and Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Good choices. Good choices. Good choices. Great choices. Favorite place you visited? Oh, that's another really tough one. Uh, maybe uh, skiing in the Swiss Alps. Wow. We got to talk about that off camera. Um, favorite food? Another tough one. Uh, <laughs> I think Chilean sea bass. I've never had that before. Is it good? Oh, oh it's amazing. It's like butter. You're okay. going to love it. <laughs> you got a real treat coming for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to try and I'll let you know. Well, kind of that wraps up. We want to ask you, Carter, thank you so much. You know, you know, for taking your time and talking to us, kind of, can you get, kind of use the last couple of minutes to kind of shout out Data Remote? What are you guys going on? What is it to look for? What do we, what do we tell the people? Kind of, what do you want? What, what should we know? Or what should they know about the company? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked. So we are, you know, uh, a design engineer manufacturer, um, a wholesaler of Calamp hardware. We're also uh, a SaaS software. Uh, so we, we're able to bring a la carte, multiple com components to an IoT solution, or we could bring the entire uh, solution and help build and put it together. We're more mostly partner-driven, um, and you know, we've been around since 1991. If an opportunity really makes sense, we'll, we'll go and bring in engineering resources that we have internal, both hardware and software, firmware, and create custom products uh, as well and, and white label them for, for other companies. But uh, we, we are a, a big player in the IoT space and, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to help um, get a project off the ground with a, a consultation um, if needed. Okay. Well, that sums it up. You know, we'll send the podcast to Carter so he can obviously put it on his LinkedIn app and we'll put it on ours and we'll have everyone reaching out. Thank you, guys, Carter. You have been a special guest. Thank you so much for taking the time. You're an amazing person to speak to. Great story. Thanks, Hassan. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. You too. All right. Bye-bye.